welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's the podcast about rugby. I am joined by uh, Matthew Sun. How are you, Matthew? Um, good, thanks. Um, I'm confused by the title you've given me. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe it's just the hangover of your Japanese love from the World Cup. Maybe it just uh, buried itself in my subconscious. I appreciate that you gave me the formal suffix and not like the more more like familiar and friendly suffix. I appreciate the deference you showed me. Yeah, and even your the motorcycle outside also gave us a low room. Just fucking... Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps coming. Um, ben? Jesus, there was one with like a fucking yeah. shot exhaust just sitting at the robot like for a minute this afternoon. Yeah, we had... Sorry. I know complex is a private road here. The one guy, he's got these blacker sports cars in his garage. He pulled one out and was just revving it. But also there's a bit of anger between our complex and the private residents in their millionaire homes as well because they told us to stop walking down the road because of lockdown and now we've tuned them because the one guy's music's too loud the report needs a bit of a dick as well so yeah rivalry's heating up soon someone's tires will be slashed uh ben uh, no one's gonna slash your tires i hope in mauritius the quaint friendly peaceful island nation of mauritius no i think my tires are my tires are probably all right uh the, the island nation of Mauritius is not super pleased because we thought we were going to have our lockdown lifted uh, yep. today. And then he slapped us with the old plus 14. Oh. So You went to the office today, yeah. at least. No, no, I have. I'm in an office now. So there's a, like a, I'm at well, a house next to Joe's folks' house and they, their business is just next door to their house, so I'm just in their offices. Uh, okay, just to also add some routine Chinese walls, per se. Yeah, at, at your day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just... Uh, it's it important. does, it gives me a bit of routine. Uh, nice neutral mm. backgrounds for Skype and Zoom and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got my four-meter walk to um, my, my work desk. Like today, it was pretty damn hard, but yeah, it was a long weekend. No, Alex? no, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it helps with sort of the separation if you have to kind of walk to a different building to work. Like. Yeah, no, I'd imagine. Um, speaking of separation, Alex, he, he's uh, separated from us. I think he's just uh, dealing with a family call, just a catch-up or something of that nature, just a clash of timing. Clearly, we're not important enough. He has had apparently a, quite a rough day at work, so he will join us as soon as he can. Uh, so he'll, he'll get here. But to crack on with the news, we've got quite a lot here, but I guess we've got to start with the biggest news in World Rugby. World Rugby um, does not have a new chairman. Ah, there's Alex. He's just come on. Does not have I a guess, new chairman. Yes, um, I guess I was, I was just about to move on to World Rugby. Your family calls over? Are you, are you well? Um, yeah. I just said you're very busy. <laughs> I'm, not, Worked hard. I'm not, double, not doing a double hitter, if that's what you mean. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel that means you are doing a double header. Yeah, the fact you brought it up without prompting. I'm I'm gonna put it this way, guys. I'm gonna put this as clearly as I can. You have as much of my attention as you've ever had. Okay. So are you pushing (laughs) mid? Alex is pushing mid. Yeah, he's pushing mid. Uh, uh, Dropped at least two towers. Early push. Come, Alex. Let's do this. I I appreciate the dirty metaphor. I'm all in, dude. If this this doesn't work, we lose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You get team wiped, and you you lose mega creeps. Um, we were just talking about uh, just about Bill Beaumont being re-elected as chairman of World Rugby, winning the vote 28-23 over Augustine Pichot. 
uh, guys, I know we've chatted a, a ton about this. I think the main takeaway is that Fiji and Samoa, they voted for Beaumont, while Georgia and Romania, weirdly enough, voted for Pichet, uh, with the Six Nations 18 votes to Sanzar's 12, ultimately being the deciding factor. And also North uh, Rugby Africa, again, uh, sticking it to South Africa, even though we reported... And Japan funded. also went for B- ah, uh, Beaumont. Eh? That's, that's correct. So, so I think the big deciders yeah. were Japan and... Africa, actually. Both yeah. going against... So Africa went against uh, SA and Again. Japan went against Asia. Again. So... so, what, so I'm sorry, I mean, what, what, what the fuck are Africa doing? What's in it for them to vote for Beaumont? Like, they've really obviously been promised cash. Very much so, they've been promised cash. Very much like Japan got promised a new title, which they got days later. Just to be clear, that's speculation. We don't know what they were promised. Oh, yeah, sorry, speculation. They were definitely <laughs> like, promised cash. But they were, yeah, but they were promised cash. But um, just to be... It's a, an aspect of this that we haven't really discussed even in our chat group, but that I have kind of haven't seen as much on socials, is the fact that Bernard Laporte was the vice chairman candidate. So he yeah. was Beaumont's running mate. And he's yeah. he's like the French uh, French sort of rugby... I don't know, representative mm. or whatever, and like he's kind of like a like the man in the shadows on this on this whole thing. The power behind um, Well, kind of, because like he, a lot of people have credited <laughs> him with the fact that France got the twenty twenty three bid, right? So he was kind uh-huh. of whipping votes um, as part of that deal, apparently, and kind of has worked his magic again. So Laporte seems to kind of have the ear of, uh, I, I won't call it. Uh, Rugby Africa, but call it what it calls itself, which is Rugby Afrique, uh, which is uh, <laughs> very. I'm not even joking. Like it's it's a francophile organization, despite the fact that none of the none of the none of the African countries that regularly compete for the Africa Two spot in the Rugby World Cup are francophile. It's usually Canada. Uh, sorry, not Canada, of course. Uh, Kenya, Namibia, um, Botswana, and I'm trying to think of the other countries. Madagascar. Yeah, because I mean, not not that none of them are francophile, but like, it just yeah, it strikes me as very odd that it's, suspicious, yeah. it's like it's like a, it's like an overtly French French African organization when like the the product doesn't seem to skew French. You know, really? like it's not a it's not a West African dominated sport. It's like a Southern African dominated sport in Africa. So it just seems really weird to me. Um, and therefore, no co- no coincidence that they continuously vote with the French. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Bernard Laporte seems to be like the the man behind the curtain on this one. Mm. I think I think that's a very fair point. So Laporte does uh, he was connected to France winning the 2023 bid for the World Cup as well, the wheeling and dealing where apparently South Africa weren't willing to do so. Same as Pichot in this election, it was just reported that he was not willing to strike deals while Beaumont was. Which I guess takes me to our next point. Ben sharing the story with us about how the World League, uh, whatever the title is that they give it, is back on the table. But with the proviso that Fiji and Japan will be added to the rugby championship. But more importantly, <laughs> the major change, even though nothing changes, guys, tears are disappearing and they're going to be replaced by established nations and emerging nations with Japan. Apparently, reportedly, I keep saying that because I said we just report the news, are being elevated to Tier 1. Ben, over to you. I know you have very, some very strong feelings. 
about this. Oh, fuck. Like, I don't know. I think I, I vented all my rage today on, like, yeah. Twitter and stuff. I'm but too it's, tired it's, to be angry. It's, 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 complete, it's complete fucking optics. Like, the thing I shared on Twitter was, like, a building which was crumbling, and then someone had wrapped duct tape around one of the pillars and be like, there we go, we fixed it. We yeah. solved rugby. Like, like it's, I mean... And they, they, they're not... So now Japan's tier one. Good. What does that mean? They're still not going to play against anyone. No one's going to want to play with them. They're not Yo, no, no one, in, no one's gonna, As it no stands one's right now, they're it. not involved in either the big annual tier one competition. Yo, it's like, fuck, why don't, why don't we just call everyone tier one? Why don't we call Russia tier one? And let's, let's, let's balance things out. Because you know what? New Zealand and South Africa have had a lot of exposure. So let's call them tier six and see what difference it makes in world rugby. Yeah. Like, it's, but, I mean, it's, it's fucking stupid. Like, it's fucking yeah. optics. It's marketing bullshit. But, I mean, even, yeah. even like, the meat of what he's saying, right? The fact that he's he's apparently sort of committing to um, to Japan, for example, that they're going to be in the rugby championship. That's not a commitment he can make. That's not a world rugby decision. No. That's a Sanzar decision. Sanzar, yeah. So, um, like, Sanzar and Japan he... already are... I quite like Japan, but just because of this fucking put them in the Six Nations now, Beaumont, shoot yourself in the foot. Bro. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's the same yeah, same as what like, happened with the Kings when they got forced into the Super Rugby the first time. Yeah. It was not much of an uptake because... Yeah. Well, because it's it's like, it's not authentic. Like, it's not an organic yeah. process, you know? Like, whereas if you have a promotion relegation and a team actually like wins their way into a competition, obviously yeah. people are going to rally around them because it's genuine. Like they yeah. deserve to be there. Like they've earned a place. It's, I mean, on a, on a micro level, it's, it's like the equivalent of like when Luke Watson was just penciled into the spring box. I don't know why he, he keeps coming up in the last week or so, but Luke Watson no, just no, seems to be the run. It's just the memory of 2013, really. Okay, <laughs> yeah, the crisis of 2013 past. And he's but, just um, had, he had an, an impactful game. He, did, he had a great game, and then he's just never heard of again. But yeah. um, no, but like you know what I mean? It's 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 the same thing. Like the same reason why there was so much kind of distaste around Luke Watson's inclusion in the Springboks, which I think impacted on his performance, is exactly why like the Kings struggled to make an impact in Super Rugby. Same with the Western Force. Same with the Rebels, to be honest. Like for the first bit of their their career, like just kind of shoehorning a team into a competition isn't going to be good for anyone. So the only way you're ever going to make progress in rugby is if you introduce structures that allow teams to progress organically up the ladder and then make sure that there are sort of systems that they can rely on for support. So, you know, Fiji, Tonga, Samoa are never going to get anywhere if they don't have the support of Australia and New Zealand. And that's a big part of why they've come out and said that they voted for Bill Beaumont because they just feel like they've been kicked to the curb by the Australasian superpowers. And, like, nothing that's really happened over the last 10 years or so has been for their benefit. Like, playing the odd Super Rugby game in Suva and everyone gets all feel-good on Twitter, like, what does that actually do for Fiji Rugby Union? Um, nothing. Nothing. So, yeah, like, so I mean, the so, change? I think Beaumont has taken the stand as well that he's sort of going to push to allow players who born in a tier two nation to return after playing a tier one cap. But I mean, but that's just a bribe, right? Yeah, it's a bribe. Take this this, this Charles Piertau and the Stephen Lua tour and shut up for the next 10 years. 
Well, no, George, George doesn't take, 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 take them at age sort of 35 as well. Don't, don't take them while they're good. But that's the thing. Like, you take this Charles Pietar and you put him in the place of the next Charles Pietar, and, like, that guy's now forced to go and play for the Chiefs in Super Rugby anyway. Like, it's not actually helping individual players in Fiji. All it's going to do is get them, like, one or two wins over more established nations than they would have had previously. They're going to be able to, like, cause a few upsets, but there's not going to be meaningful capital inflow to the, to the club. There's not going to be meaningful development of their players or their systems or their structures. And then the same old corrupt people who have been running the union, if the news is to be believed, and, I mean, I certainly believe, uh, what's his name, Dan Leo on, on Twitter, mm. He was outing like the, the whole can of worms of Fijian rugby. Like it's a mess. And like giving them a gift wrapped elite player like Steven Luatua or or Charles Pietau, um I'm I'm kinda of talking out of my ass here because I don't even know if those guys qualify for Fiji. Um but also they're just on my mind because Yeah, or whatever. It's just an example. Yeah. yeah. Um like giving them those guys to like to kind of falsify a result. That is no is no, in no way a reflection of the actual state of Fiji slash Tonga Samoa rugby union is just putting a band-aid on a bullet wound. And it's not going to solve any problems. We're going to end up at the next World Cup right where we were before. Um, and I can tell someone actually reaches down and helps them up a little, then it's it's just going to rinse and repeat. And the players are still going to get treated like resources. And the fans are just going to continue to be disillusioned with rugby generally. And the, the sport's just never going to grow. So it's it's those it's those sorts of deals that I can understand would look attractive to those desperate tier two and below nations who like will take whatever they're given um, mm. because obviously and it's understandable from their perspective like they are desperate. But yeah, I mean it's it's the countries like Japan that disappoint me because they should know better mm. and they should care more and like the whole. The whole thing, like when they won the, the bid for 2019 Rugby World Cup, they kept going on and on about how like it wasn't for Japan, it was for all developing nations, it was all for all tier two nations. Like this is a statement that like you don't have to be a tier one, you don't have to be in a rugby championship or six nations to host a World Cup and be successful. And they gave everyone a middle finger by doing it such a good job of it. And then they turn around and like, oh wait, it actually was just about the money or the exposure. It really was just about Japan, because otherwise they would have stood up to Beaumont and Laporte and said no, like. You know, we don't want whatever deal they were offered or whatever, you know, rugby championship given to us on a platter. We're going to fucking earn it. We don't need Bob Beaumont to give it to us. We're going to make ourselves so fucking good that Sanzar can't ignore us anymore. And we're going to force our way into a five, cha- five nations championship or force a promotion or relegation and replace Argentina or whatever the case may be. Um, Let's but, be real. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to alienate some viewers or some listeners, but uh, yeah, let's. let's I don't mind. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what I mean. Like they, they, they just rolled over. They just, they've just capitulated. And I mean, maybe it's a sign of the times. Like maybe it's a COVID nineteen related thing. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like you don't want to link everything back to the big bad. But they're looking. But like maybe it's a sign of the times that like people just got suddenly a lot more conservative because they don't necessarily know where the big next inflow is coming from well that's what some people said that it's easy to trust the devil you know but look japan in their instance yeah. they, they're looking out for number one they were they didn't really want to play ball much with sands on super rugby that's also why the sun wolves were kicked out of super rugby they didn't want to pay the fees uh in instance yeah. so there's a couple more points so we've talked at nauseam about the, the election on on this platform um but i know they're proposing these two separate leagues there'll be emerging nations league one two uh, as well, 
where there'll be promotion relegation between the two of them, but the Six Nations and Rugby Championship, likely expanded, will not have promotion relegation. Uh, thanks, Scott and Italy. Kiff, folks, as always. Um, yeah, no, but there was that weird quote, like, where they said, like, Six Nations is fine with it because uh, there are other regions where their promotion and relegation can happen, not necessarily Europe. Well, I mean, okay, well, I'll just stop. I can't there. remember the exact quote from that. I'm just going to quote that defined like Six Nations at a whole. Yeah, I'm just going to quote Cedric Daniels from The Wire as I put in the group. You, you, people shining up shit to look like gold. So uh, majors can become colonels and mayors become governors. This is what this is all about. It is a step in the right direction, and maybe, I don't know, it's a shitty step in the right direction. Maybe at some point, if the next evolution will be promotion relegation, but who knows? Maybe, can, can it be said, final point here, that Pichet, I know that there were people saying that his proposed World League didn't really include Fiji and Japan in the rugby championship, but in a, in a sense, he kind of won the argument in a way, even though he lost the election. Or gave him a big fright because what the vote did show there's a big schism in world rugby, and if Beaumont's not careful, um, that could widen until they give you a breakaway, for instance. But yeah, no, that's all. Oh, that's a nightmare story. So, yeah, I mean, I do, I definitely think like Pichot, we shouldn't pretend like he was the like the savior that rugby needed. Like he, he was far from perfect. Um, like, yeah, he. I'm, I, I, still my, I still have my my um, sort of heebie-jeebies about the way. Uh, Argentina dropped their World Cup bid. Wait, are you saying that he in... was the Manchurian candidate or something? Well, no, I mean, I, I don't know about that, but, like, it just seemed very strange. Like, he, Argentina dropped their World Cup bid for 2027, and the very next day, or two days later or something, yeah. Australia came out and were like, we're going to support Augustine Pichot. And he was like, well, you know, mm-hmm. that just seemed weird to me. So, like, I don't think he necessarily played, like, the cleanest game either. Um, I just think he he had certain things that he refused to compromise on and he wasn't going to kowtow to, you know, Japan, for example, or Fiji, which possibly was a mistake from his part. Um, I don't think his plan was perfect, but I still think that he, like, I'm, I, I feel like we're at the point with rugby where we just need to change. Mm. Like I would, I, I mean, I'm not going to so far, go so far as to say I'd support like Phil Kearns over Bill Beaumont, but pretty much anyone at this point, like anyone but Bill Beaumont, just because, we need some different ideas on how to grow the sport. Well, um, as I know... And for fuck's sakes, I won my computer game. Y- yeah, well, that, mm. that will have to wait a bit longer. I know Robert Kitson, he's been writing some interesting columns on the Guardian uh, website, if you if you can get access. Well, it's free. I advise reading them. Um, his stuff's quite interesting as well. He, he's just kind of highlighted that what Corona has done, even though maybe some of the powers up north, I know my general anti-North bias is here with good reason, but it's forcing change a lot faster than maybe would have happened in the first place. Um, so look, we'll wait and see. But in terms of speaking of change, a lot happening rugby. We'll start, first of all, domestically. It appears Manny Libok. He is leaving the Bulls, and he's, he's apparently signing for the Sharks. Um, but it says here, this is from the Rapport newspaper from Sunday, I know that he could also play fullback. I wish I drafted him in my team draft. We'll talk a bit about that a little bit later. Um, if he is going to the Sharks, and I can understand why he's leaving the Bulls. Jack White's initiating a huge clean out there. Apparently, the, the Kings might pick up one or two players. Where does he fit in? Because I feel maybe he's not going to the right team. I feel like he'd be a bit more effective uh, at, at a Lions, for instance, where he can play 15. I know 
puts Andrzej Kutsu out of out of a job in a sense. But him going to the Sharks yeah, doesn't quite make sense to me, in that sense. Yeah, it it does yeah. seem the kind of the the franchise that has it most locked so, up. Because even even the actually, who's fullback for the Stormers now? Let me first. Will it be whoever Willems uh, decides to play? Yeah, play the other it's either Lades, it's either Lades or Willems. Yeah, but but say potentially Lades could play. I guess Fussy can play fourteen. <sighs> but that's but such, I that's think so. Really but then but then, but then exactly you, you what you're dropping in Corsi then like. I don't no, know, it's, like it's a, that's the thing. Like, why, and also, like, why would you move? Why would you move Fussy? Like, if the new guy coming in is Money Libok, like, I mean, so he's not exactly. So you know, it's not, not like, like, he's like, he's like move, Jordan Fatire or anything. Well, you, you would move so, Fussy if um, Damon Willems are with there. Maybe they'll deploy him as a twelve. Yeah. So I know he's never played twelve, but that seems to be the fashion. Possibly. I don't, I don't know about that. No way. It's no, like going from not, like, like, to his. Yeah, I'm trying to be imaginative. More imaginative than the rugby administration. No, but but, but, but yeah, uh, sure. what do you what do you think Jake White said to him that he was literally? <laughs> Jake White like, said he he doesn't dig his jaw and doesn't isn't going to play. Yeah, no, no. Okay, no, no. But how how long's Mornay staying going to be there? Realistically, Mornay staying's got a season uh, in it. Yeah. I think I would have thought Mornay staying had this season, so he's obviously. Got an extension for 2021 to close out his career. It, it I reckon seems you, you're better off sitting behind the 34-year-old, 35-year-old than the whatever Bosch is, 22-year-old. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, so Lib- think... but that, that makes me think that Jake White said, listen, you're never going to play. Like after yeah. staying, Boschoff's going to play. Then we're going to find some guy out of school. Like, so it that's the thing. Like, like Lebok, told him saying Lebok's not going to get game time at the Sharks, but he kind of is because both Bosch and Fassi are going to get called up to the box at some point. So they'll most probably not rest at the same time. So he'll play either position when they're resting. And then when they both get called up, he'll also, for that whole, whole stretch of time, also play as the starter then. So he'll get He'll be on the bench, I think, for most games. And then the games he's not on the bench, he'll be starting in the 10 or 15 jersey. I don't know. It seems like a bit of a sideways. So I just just think, like, my reading of the situation is, um, like, Jake White just completely overplayed his hand and was trying to, like, stamp his mark a little bit and was doing the rounds with the players, like, calling players up and being like, hey, you know, I'm the new boss. You know, let's yeah. talk about your future at the company kind of thing. And, like, trying to make it clear to everyone that, like, you have to earn your position, basically, which is a good message to send. But, like, we know how tone-deaf Jake White is. Like, we know he's not going to – like, he's no Rassi. So, he basically – I think he he tried to put, like, a bit of fear of God into Money Lebok by basically saying to him, look, you're the backup 10, as far as I'm concerned. Mornay um, stands out of one guy. And – like unless you show me something different, that's a, that's just how it's going to be. And I think like he took the wrong tack, he misread his guy, and Money Libok called his bluff and was like, okay, well then I'm fucking out of here. Because the only reason I, the only reason I even stuck around for 2020 was because Potter Human came to me and said, look, we need to get some results under the belt. It's been a rough couple of years for the Bulls. You are the franchise the franchise flyoff going forward. You have got an opportunity to learn from one of the best ever, and from next year onwards, you've got the jersey. And now he's getting a contradictory message from the new head coach. And he's just like, fuck it, I'm out of here. I don't think he even cares about whether he starts at the Sharks or not. I think he's, he literally 
he got, he got off that phone to be away from Jake Paul. Yeah, I think he got it's off that phone call and like and he immediately dialed his agent and he was like, "I'm out of here." Call call around. <laughs> yeah, call around and find out who's like who's looking. And the sharks probably were just like, uh, "Fuck it, yeah, okay, like, yeah. Like, you guys want like take money to book, I guess." It's, it's know, almost so like taking him taking him away from the bulls more than giving yourself mm-hmm. money to book if you don't. As a shark, like, I mean, he's, he's a no brainer. So, sorry, he's Adam, I, I really think you've done the news in the wrong order because we should have started with Jake Potter Human quits. Uh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, Potter Human's been well, fuck. I mean, what do you want from me? He's been moved on. As as has been stated, also the Bills CEO he also what? resigned. He's replaced him. Yeah, but... No, 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 no. I don't know about why replacing him. Posthuman has just flown the coop. I, I hope they don't. I hope they don't replace him with Jake White. He's been known to yeah. piss off Maddie Lebok. I bet you Jake White applied. No, but that's classic, the thing, sir. Jack. Classic Jake White. <laughs> so, I wonder if Jake White even applied though as director of rugby. He's just on the Bulls letter and his cover his cover letter comes in on the Bulls letterhead for head coach. <laughs> yeah, director of rugby, head coach, swell, all round guy. But yeah, it's the uh, Jake White revolution or regression at the Bulls. So I, I think that phone call was something like this: "Hey Manny, fuck you," and he hung up the phone. So uh, no, we all know that Jake White's quite a diplomatic coach, as as has been reported. Anyway, yeah. so uh, good one for the Sharks, I guess. No brainer. Getting getting some depth. Keeping it in South Africa, Montpellier apparently made a big offer to Peter Steff, the toy. They offered him a hundred thousand euros a month, which is over two million rand a month. Um, though apparently it has since been denied. But I mean, if you're Peter Steff, the toy, you should take the money, right? Mm. I, think so. I mean, like, well, so first of all, it's like, is it legit? I don't know. So Brendan Nell was defending the story on Twitter, and like he's he's pretty reputable, mm. um, and said he had you know sort of direct quotes from both Peter Steptoy and his agent, which obviously is you know pretty compelling, but it just seems very strange. So the what what was he what was he offered again according to the um, uh, well, report? They said a hundred thousand euros. Lot. Yeah, essentially seventy five million rand in the current exchange rate for the year. Um, yeah, and apparently the toy. Thank you. Oh, that's seventy-five. But hang on. And, and he said no, talk, he's in talks be, with his agent Harry Swart about No, that would be that would be do. that would be one point two million euros a year. It's yeah. no, yeah. This I don't know why they have a three point so six million. Maybe for five year contract. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 I think his whole contract is the yes. seventy-five million. Yeah, which is still but now, a shit um, ton of money. Pollard, where's this? Where's the news story? Because yeah, at the moment, Pollard, Pollard's Pollard, the highest they paid say on, on a million, million euros, euros, pounds or euros a year. Yeah. And he's getting offered three. Uh, no, no, well, no, over the one course, point, no. one point two. Yeah, one point two. One point two. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, for some reason I thought it was like almost uh, double or triple. Or I think it, it's important like, to sorry, Alex, it's important uh-huh. to note before you continue. South mm. African rugby players, all of them. I mean, those said Johnny Cotts of Prime Evil. They haven't till fourteen May. A 21-day period to cancel the current contracts if they can find a better deal overseas. So this is what's mm. playing in the thinking. So yeah. Uh, so I think honestly, like, if, there's, if there's one person who I think wouldn't wouldn't cash in, it's Peter Steptoe. Like I think he's he's the the closest thing we've got to like Jean Smith. Not just obviously in terms of their position and everything, but that attitude like Jean Jean Smith playing so many years for the Cheetahs. When he could he could have cashed in at like any time, and gone to a bigger club, but he like 
you can't put a price for a guy like that. You can't put a price on being able to drive home to your farm after practice and like sit on the stoop and bry <laughs> and like you know just soak in soak in the high felt or whatever. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, ben, you know, like I think Peter, Peter Steph's like that. Like I think he just puts such a premium on being able to stay in the Western Cape and like be with his family. I don't think he really cares about the money. Also, also when you saw those like training things that Jamie Roberts was posting, um, yeah. their farm looks pretty sweet. I reckon they got a bit of cash. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. like like if if you're sitting if you're sitting back on a oh I'm going to inherit a 40 million rand farm, suddenly you're like, well fuck it. Like why should I like go? Uh, yeah, why um, should I go do? Matt, were you you also going to say something? Sorry, yeah, no, no. So, sorry, my, my, no, my no, no. point is oh. I, I don't think this is real because okay. Peter Steff isn't the kind of player the French clubs would offer big money for. No, he's not. Yeah, they pay. He's, although he they, is they don't, the year. Because the thing is, you, you, want, you want a guy who thrills because you want to, yeah. if you're paying that much for a player, you want someone who puts bums on seats. Like, how often do you even notice Peter Steff during a game? Yeah. I mean, I look out for his baby blues, but that's different. A lot like see, I, I could see, see, I could see someone like Sonny Bull getting that from yeah. a French club, or yeah. um, or already there. Like I would honestly think in French rugby, Archias Neyman would probably attract a bigger price tag than Peter Steff. Because he looks more ridiculous, and he does. Yeah, because you know he's like like Oswald, like coming to the crowd with the beard. He'll he'll fill stadiums like Peter Steff. You know, like, like I'm taking nothing away from the way the guy plays. No, it plays. It's, not, it's not exciting. It's brutal. Like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like watching a guy smash his head against the wall for an hour, it just gets a bit an hour bit uncomfortable after 80 a while. Min- Eighty minutes, bro. <laughs> um, I was also going to say, I'm imagining Peter Stephenson going to like a French club, like wearing just the you know like an oversized t-shirt, tackies, and that sort of thing. I imagine him just not enjoying it, you know, Stick, sticking out like a sore thumb. Just wanting to be on his porch, brying on his farm. I think uh, Alex, yeah. Alex really nailed, nailed it. That that's yeah. what, what's yeah. awesome. Also, his dad won't let him go. He's got to be home for the harvest. Yeah, it's just a fact. Yeah, he's got to pull the pull, tractor. Pull, pull the plow. I think that's, like legitimately, he isn't that, like that's the reason he went to Stellenbosch. Is that dad needed him home? And like he went to a small high school as well, is because dad needed him home after the home for the season. So well, hopefully, hopefully Peter Peter Steph, what's it called? Uh, you know, when was the point in economics where people learned that you could like barter your skills and then like what's it called? Uh, Fuck. Well, I hope Peter Steph the toy never realizes that he could go to France, earn his seventy-five million, and employ some workers on the farm. <laughs> Oh, he ends up farming the entire crop by by himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Taking things a little bit more broader, um, there's been first of all there's been a lot of talk by our uh, Australasian friends, they are, they are friends in Sanzar, about a Trans-Tasman tournament, but Sanzar says nay, that is not true. In a statement on Monday, Sanzar insisted South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Argentina all remain committed to the alliance through to 2030. Uh, Andy Marinas said, he's the CEO, having spoken with my Sandside board members, I can confirm that none of the suggested models or structures that have been commented on recently, such as standalone trans-Tasman formats, have been agreed by any of the Sandside unions individually. All such reports are merely speculative and have no basis to, to them. 
But here, hold on, here comes the rider. Due to uncertainty over what various government's restrictions, if any, may look like next year, including our travel, no date has been set as to when a decision will be made about 2021 and beyond. A major consideration is that we also have an obligation to discuss contingencies with our broadcasters. And he did say sounds are confirmed. Here it comes, a strong domestic focus is likely with Super Rugby resumed. And, I mean, um, on the, pre- the Prime Minister of New Zealand spoke today about the travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand. So he's saying no, but that's what's going to happen anyway, but it's part of Super Rugby. I don't know, if it walks like a duck, walks like a duck. Right? Yeah. Matt? I mean, I think yeah. like, Over to you. Um, no, Alex was halfway through one. Let's um, see what Alex has to say for Nah, I feel like I've taken up enough of everyone's ear space. You go for it. Honestly, I wasn't... It's time to shine. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Right, um, I've got nothing. I don't know why you passed to me. I had nothing. Sorry. <laughs> that was a hospital pass. <laughs> sorry. Um, so, I mean, I think 2020's, like, done for, to be honest. Like, I think that's... If if we see any more rugby in 2020, I'll be, be quite surprised. But if it, if we do, it will be domestic. And then at, at mm. best, we'd see like a top of domestic conference champion playoff kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm just glad they came out and sort of dismissed it with the uh, the lack of respect that it deserved, to be honest. Um, the, this whole noise that all these uppity Australians have been making on socials about, um, they stopped listening since, since we said Japan was going to kick them out of rugby championships. So I can be honest now. Um, basically like everyone's, everyone's sort of wishful thinking that, like, oh, you know, we should just kick South Africa out of through super rugby. No one even watches their games. Um, this is just well, like the most the ridiculous Australian thing. games. Well, look, I get it. Like I, I wouldn't watch South African well, games. I, 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 I watch, I watch Australian games. Like, uh, yeah. Are you happy that you watch Australian games? Well, the Reds, no, only, the, the Reds went bad during this year. I uh, only watch the Reds Australian were actually because of because of fantasy. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, but, but the thing is, like, but the thing is, like, they, they I don't think they realize this is the best thing that could happen to them. South Africa staying in the competition because it's like the one thing keeping Australian rugby afloat is that Super Rugby is like not completely dead. And they are so fucking up their own asses and deluded about the fact that Australian rugby is going to be great under Phil Kearns and that, like, the only reason things have been so fucking bad lately is because of these stupid South African derbies and, like, the travel or whatever the fuck they think and say to each other around the barbie. Um, like, they would be so fucked if Super Rugby in its current form crumbled. Maybe in the future, there will be a way for them to divorce us and just live in happy harmony with New Zealand and no one else, but they're not at that position. Like, they can barely stay afloat as it is, and they don't seem to realize that. So, at the moment, like, I know that they don't like our rugby. I get it. I don't blame them for that. I'm not trying to say that they're ignorant or stupid or uncultured, um, maybe a bit ungrateful, but essentially, like, they, they can't live without us at this point. We're a necessary evil. And honestly, I feel the same way, vice versa. Like, I don't think that Australia adds a huge amount of value to my Super Rugby viewing experience. But, like, people in South Africa who say the same thing, oh, we should just ditch South African rugby. Who wants to watch rugby at 8 o'clock in the morning? Let's go north. Let's go to Northern Hemisphere. Northern Hemisphere don't fucking want us. What are they going to do with us? Where are they going to put us? They're, like, they were, like, reluctant enough to take the Cheetahs and the Kings for Pro 14. Like, they're still having second thoughts about that, to be honest. 
like we just assume that we can walk into Northern Hemisphere rugby and find a place for ourselves. It's not, it's not going to happen. Well, and why, I don't want why, to happen. Why would, why would Northern Hemisphere want us? They have all our best players anyway. Exactly. Like, like they so, have Pollard, they have Chester Colby, they have Foster, they're probably going to get Moss, they're getting Arceus, Neyman. They, they've got yeah. all the, like, the good bits of South African rugby. Why yeah. would they want the fucking uh, JJ Inglebrecht, etc.? Like, like, we just need to like we need to do away with the stupid fucking like we should leave, they should leave. Those keep like hate their games. We need to find a way to make Super Rugby appeal to everyone, so that we don't have these stupid fucking debates in the first place. Because honestly, there's nowhere else for any of us to go. Like and, mm-hmm. and like with Beaumont at the helm, it's gonna stay that way. Like we need to kind of like Southern Hemisphere needs to stick together. Mm-hmm. We need to find a way to make it work for ourselves. We need to find a way to make it work for the Pacific Islanders, for the African nations, for South for you know, South, South America, and if necessary, Japan. But like, yeah, we we shouldn't kid ourselves that we have options at this point because we none of us do. Mm. Not us, not Australia, not even New Zealand have options. We just need to make it work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I'll stop. I felt like that was the angriest. Unification speech I've heard in a Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I hate you. You, you suck balls, but we need to work together sort of vibe. That, that's kind of the summation of what Alex said. The enemy of my enemy is... Yeah, it's all fucked, but we don't have a choice. So, <laughs> in it together. Um, well, who's in it to win it? Oh, um, the Blue Bulls company, they've wel- welcomed back Marcel van der Merwe. Yay. So, he's, he's come back from Toulon, so he's going to be joining the Bulls in July. Bulls heavy news today. Oh, just that was, yeah, what do you want from me? And then, more importantly, the greatest Georgian rugby player ever, uh, Mamuka Gorgadze. He has retired after 16 years. Matt, oh. as the most pro-Georgian person on this pod, uh, I think we, all, we are pro-Georgian, but I think he leaps and heads above everyone else. Uh, how does this make you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm... Um... Did you guys see that the little highlight video that Georgian Rugby put out of him? Yeah. Because yeah, that gave me a little tear. That gave me a little bit of a tear, especially like the solid minute of him just tackling New Zealanders. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like it was the best the best way to highlight him. It's just guys in all-backs kits getting smashed by him. I think it was all from one game as well in the World Cup. You can't ask for more, hey? Was that the highlight of your rugby year? <laughs> For now, I mean, it's also the low light because I mean, Tor Creevy retired. Yeah, that's true. Um, and and big uh, and then the real Creevy is also slowly but surely on the way out. Uh, yeah. Speaking also of on the way out, something else that I've also spotted. There was a report in the Daily Mail that next year's British and Irish Lions tour to South Africa may be postponed or cancelled. Look, the Daily Mail um, are part of the Rupert, Rupert Murdoch Empire. And a lot of their reporting is trash to be complimentary to them. But um, a, they had some quote from a former Lions captain, Phil Bennett. There's no, they report any any old player who says something is news. Football's the same. It's all the same with sport. But uh, after that, um, a SR Rabbi spokesman did, has insisted that the Lions tour will go on. Though he could, though not he or she, I don't know if it's a she, or he conceded the dates are being looked at to quote while we continue to look forward to the incredible tour next year, there are no planned changes. It would be remiss of us not to explore various scenarios for a possible date caused by the pandemic. This relates to the test window and the club window. Uh, the fact the French government have barred any sport from taking place until the end of September means the rugby season has um, been severely impacted. English rugby isn't being played. 
So uh, a lot of moving parts that are going to move tests around. I know the clubs have also pretty much given the Six Nations the middle finger about holding tests in October and September for extended Six Nations. So watch this space. Uh, ben, do you think we will see a slight shift in dates? I can't see the, t- the, the tour moving. Uh, it's too much of a money winner. June, June next year? Yeah, June, July. But the the, yeah. the the thing is, that the unions are broke yeah. and they need money. Oh, that's gonna overlap. That's gonna overlap with the Olympics now, huh? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but none of those players. Well, I mean, it definitely counts up guys like Colby. Yeah. Doing both. Yeah, and he'll probably, yeah. he'll probably like, I, I think he, lines. I think he'd. I think he'd, he'd up the lines because he's already played. Oh, I think so but, too. Yeah. But I mean, it's still like it's just kind of sucks. A little bit shit, yeah. Um. Yeah, do you know what? They're, they're right. And the current, there's so many unknowns at the moment. You can't, you know, nothing's nothing's really for certain. I think everything will be normal at that point, or whatever normal is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know um, about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, there might be some sort of backlog which they have to clear. Well, I don't know. I think it's reasonable to take precautions but the problem is that that sort of season if it doesn't happen then realistically it's like touring a a rugby tour in sort of the english test window so that like november window doesn't make sense no so it's too hot yet yeah so it would have to be postponed a year i would say yeah, I think it's a possibility because um, the noises the North are making say, so, oh, we can't have a tour because, yeah, they get a little bit of money from it, but most of the money comes to the host nation being South Africa. Um, they're not earning any money over the course of a, over that key June window, and it seems international rugby at the moment is going to be the main money. Well, it is the main money driver, but it's going to be the wagon that the unions over the next year or two hitch themselves to to keep their game sustainable. It's a rugby, no doubt, has budgeted this tour to bank them for the next probably up to the next World Cup. Same as the previous tour to Australia or New Zealand. Um, so yeah, I guess the tour, it is possible that the tour could likely move. So yes. I, I kind of hope, I hope it does, you know. Really? What is that? I kind of hope it does, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I feel Can like Colby, we... Colby can play in both. <laughs> yeah, for Colby, guys. Uh, no, uh... <laughs> <laughs> From a rugby perspective, it would, it would suck because I think two years like it, it would be nice for us to, i think we'd be hitting our stride as rusty's box just like um we did in 2009 two years after the world cup win i feel like that would be a good time for us to play them but like for me personally i, I would like to have an extra year to save up money <laughs> so that i can actually go to the games um no, also, right? it's looking it's looking like these tickets are going to be like three grand each eh? yeah but also i don't i don't really like the tour that they set up I think the 2009 tour was way better with the games that were being played, like the stadiums that they were uh, playing at, because it was just before 2010 World Cup. So we had all the new stadiums that they were trying out. And we played like cool, it was like cool things, like the Emerging Springboks, like the West Province game. It was like the, what was it, the Royal, the Royal 15 that they played um, at, uh, fuck, I forgot which stadium it was now. Um, Calabash, I think it was. But like they were just really cool midweek fixtures, and it seems like they've gone, they've like they've literally given us the bare fucking minimum that they can. Well, because yeah, they, they want to play Japan and they want to play the All Blacks. Yeah, so. exactly. Like they're so disinterested in this, which I'm resenting to no end. But yeah. I'm hoping that with an extra year, they'd be like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board, 
and then they get their matches against Japan and New Zealand out the way, and then we can hopefully be like, okay, let's restructure this thing now. So I, I wouldn't mind hitting reset on the whole thing, to be honest. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Um, speaking about resets, we did a South African draft yesterday. Um, full that tease. Uh, I wanted to see the results of the simulation. I don't quite know how they work. Uh, but in short, Alex... Would it, help, would it help if I told you I'm watching one right now? Oh, oh, oh has he posted it already? But you're, watching, you're watching an NFL one. No. I'm watching a rugby challenge one. That full uh, made? Yes. How come he hasn't shared it with anybody mm-hmm. else? Because uh, I'm doing the admin for it. Oh, I see. Fair enough. Uh, well, we'll, 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 no, no, no. We'll find, no, we'll I've find already, out. I've already said too much. <laughs> we will find out. We'll find out at the end. But overall, the idea was all Springbok players. How many of players. players are injured in this game already? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's Sharks versus Bulls. But yeah, so people... My question to... still stands. Why don't you explain, why don't you explain the whole thing, Adam? Yeah, I'll, uh, generally speaking, each of, there are six of us. We each allocated the teams. I was given the Bulls as perform. Uh, Matt was given the Kings. He just selected them as Kings team ever. It's always on brand, Matt. I, I'll never fault you on that. Alex, you were, were you the Stormers, right? I was, I yes. Was uh, ben, who are you, Ben? The Lions. The Lions. Lions. Ant was the Sharks. The and, and yeah, and Phil was the Cheaters. Um, so Phil we dropped, rounding up the Cats duo. Yeah, we dropped, we dropped some interesting players. I think, Alex, since I mean, you, you're looking at the admin, etc., there's a couple of pullouts. We don't want to talk about this for too long, but it's stuff that surprised yeah. you. I will mention, my, having thought about my back three, beyond Tyra and Green, it's pretty shit. So we'll find out how, how it does. Yeah. I, I've got, I've got the. Actually, no, Alex, it's your baby. You can do it. Yeah, I mean, we, it's all of ours. Like we could go into it together. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what didn't surprise me. What didn't surprise me was Adam using his first pick on a fucking hooker. I know. Uh, I, I like. Adam, what, what, is your, Adam, what is your obsession with hookers? I don't know. I literally, I had this whole plan about building a strong team up the spine, and then all the good locks were taken. And then I was like, Fuck. yeah, there was. I'm not gonna lie, there was a run on locks. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ended up with Jason Jenkins and Ruben Van Heerden. Van Heerden's alright. Jenkins was a bit of a reach. I won't lie. I was like, shit. They, no they both, luck. they both cock at him. No, they're not both shit. Van Heerden's solid, okay. And Jenkins is a springbok. Adam, and you I mean, picked, there's, there's, you there's picked. Like, there's debate to be had because like your pick, first pick was Malcolm Marx, and there's debate to be had whether he's even the best yeah. available. No, that's true. Like you didn't even take Bongi. Hey, but look, I got, um, I got a good. No, well, well, sports, Adam, Adam went on the rugby pass system. You picked Malcolm Marx, not Bongi. <laughs> but right, so I mean, just to be clear, so this isn't a fantasy thing. It's like the 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 thing is like if every single South African franchise got to start from scratch and could only pick Springbok eligible players and. Uh, South Africans currently playing in South Africa, in, in South Africa, who are capped for other teams. So like um, Josh Sprouse, for example. Um, so we just started every team from scratch, and it was just interesting to see like who the most valued players were. So I don't actually have the draft order in front of me, but I'm just looking at the teams. So Phil with the Cheetahs went first, and his first pick was Lukanyo Am, which I thought yeah. was pretty smart because mm-hmm. like Am's up there for the best of the world in his position, but more importantly, like, there's no other good 13. Yeah, he, he's really the only good 13. Yeah, so, like, sure. like, huge differential there. Then Ant's first pick was Peter Steftitoyer. Makes sense. Best player in the world. 
Uh, ben, your first pick was Stephen Kitsoff, yeah. uh, which I like quite a lot because with Beast out of the picture, like he's head well, and shoulders. It's similar, it's similar logic to Ant. Like I feel like I've got yeah. a good differential on Kitsoff. Yeah. Um, then, all, yeah. then Matt, Matt, your first pick was Mapimpi. Uh, uh, yeah. So Mapimpi. just Super yeah. So I mean, and again, like I think, I think at the time people maybe questioned that, but like as the draft went on, it became pretty clear that wings were yeah. at like it's one of our weakest positions. Also, I'm just gonna say I'm building for the Kings. You know, you want yeah. as the Kings, you, you want it. the guy who scored the World Cup try, the so, first I South still, African to score. I think a yeah, if you were being honest to the to the process, I think you would have gone Khaleesi instead. Because as, was, like yeah, a, look, Khaleesi, as an EP, yeah, as a total. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the I, thing I, is, Mapimpi is, is King's alum. As that's well. true. So that, he's got that good. He is King's alum, I, so I went for him. I'm, and that, I'm, that. I'm kind of sad that you didn't get Khaleesi in the end. Maybe Fulton give you him. Adam's I'll first pick him, obviously was uh Pokemon. So my my first pick was Cheslin Colby, which I didn't I didn't think I was gonna get in that late. Uh yeah. but my rationale was similar to Matt's in that like when I looked at the teams, I was like, fuck, there's just no outside backs in South Africa. <laughs> like we just like it's similar to, to Lucanio Um. And uh I think that has been uh, yeah, substantiated in hindsight by the fact that Adam ended up with Gianni Lombard at fullback and Clayton Blomacky's on the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Adam, you're... <laughs> I was actually pretty not not entirely unhappy about T, but yeah, the, the back three. That's I think that's really when the um, the run and wings came home to roost. I looked around, I just thought, Jesus. Christ. Well, and and got a and got a Chiva Diamani on the wing. Yeah, that was yeah. smart. I was thinking about that as well. Yeah, see, I went like, for the, I went for yeah. the franchise wing picks. You know, once I locked down my pimpy, I was yeah. like, pink is a given. Yeah. I was just happy yeah. that I got Yaku Kutsu at eight. That was just uh, a big, um, a big waving, waving the flag at you. And sorry, Alex, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I was hoping to get him, but like, I definitely wasn't planning to get him. Like, I got was he your second pick? Yeah, you you got but you got Yako Kutsia and then two picks later I got Dwayne. So I yeah, really yeah. think I really and think then, you possibly like slipped ten, up there. Ten picks later I picked up Marcel Kutsia, who I mean I love Yako Kutsia, but I think it's fair to say Marcel Kutsia is better. So generally yeah. I stuck to form with the draft. I just botched it. Adam, you just honestly your draft is horrible. Oh god, like I <laughs> I, I found my my draft uh even at the beginning of the year. I got I was I was certainly better. I didn't draft Can we can we all just also discuss how Adam killed Kuni Ustase in my accident? <laughs> oh yeah, Adam played Kuni on the wrong side. <laughs> that was probably my favorite moment was, was Adam picking Kuni Ustase and everyone was like are you picking him as a loose hit or a tight end? Because if you pick correctly, if you pick incorrectly, <laughs> he will die. No, I, I honestly couldn't remember which one, in which position he was meant to have a broken neck. Well, I'm like, wait, loose has less pressure. Your bad memory cost a life because yeah. you picked yeah. Kuni Ustase and loose head and now he is deceased. No, but look, I managed to remember this guy. I know, I know you needs, your regrets about of, your outside back. But think, think of it like a neck brace. He needs yeah. someone on each side to support his head. I really wanted to play the uh, the dancing coffin bearers song just uh, after that pick, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to play it through Skype. <laughs> <laughs> but just yeah. on the Bluetooth speaker in the background. <laughs> uh, it was.
was good fun, and I think you know what? I don't. We had a laugh at Jesus. I, I, if I don't have months to prepare, I can't even get six out of ten. Clearly, I, I, clearly I, I, I quite, I quite liked it because it was a, a less serious draft. Like we would just straight up chirp each other as soon as you made yeah. a shit pick, <laughs> which cool. was. Um, if anyone's I'm listening, I can't imagine if anyone's listening still at this point, but if you are listening, I'm going to post all the teams to Twitter, and um, you can have a look at them and see who you think had the best go, and who's got the best team. But even better than that, Phil is busy uh, simulating fixtures between these teams in Rugby Challenge 3. And if we manage to get some good simulations out of it, then we'll post them up to YouTube. And oh, but you got to you got to commentate on it, though, Alex. That's the whole point. Oh fuck! Is that the plan? Yeah, no, we we want commentary on this. Like, <laughs> all right, well oh, let's, let's chat about that off air. That that sounds like a bigger a bigger task than what I had in mind, but uh, it's yeah. a cool idea. Yeah, so okay. Um, I, I imagine I reckon we should try like maybe do an Aussie draft, New Zealand draft, um, at some point. I think the Aussie draft would be a bit bare bones. I mean, they could barely put together four teams. So Fuck, I, mean, I can't name. Oh, no, I can't yeah, name enough players to draft an Aussie draft. But but yeah, they've got all the guys. That, 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 that would that would pick up um, uh, what's this fuck Taniela Tupo and then uh, J P Smith and then and just let out. them banter and then just forget about the rest of it. <laughs> and like the only other name I know that plays rugby in Australia is Bryce Hegarty and that's because Andrew keeps reminding me about it. <laughs> <laughs> when Andrew does Falau, when Andrew does draw Falau in that draw. Yeah, I suppose he is technically Australia. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just start drafting around rugby league players. I don't even know who they are. I'll just like pick up some stats. And just well, that's picking. that's that's Australian rugby's fucking tactics. Phil Kearns is that you? Adam, Adam, are you Potokuman or are you Phil Kearns? Um, I wouldn't want to be either. I'd rather be Quinny Earthstays than at least head. Quinny, Quinny's dead. We also discussed that Adam's first choice for 11 was a Piwe Diante. Fuck Adam, you picked so. Uh, yeah, the very much strong points and weak points. On that note, uh, I think we've virtually hit the hour mark. That's going to are, close we, are we going to pump out this eighth man fifteen quick, or are we just going to fall completely behind on that? No, we're going to we're going to do it for next week. We've uh, hit hit the hour mark okay. pretty much, but it's it's too important to especially eighth man, a position much loved. It's too important just to do in a few minutes. So uh, there needs to be some reasoned debate around it. And when, and when I say reasoned debate in this podcast. Um, I'm obviously joking because sometimes we there's no reason to debate. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, thanks, Alex. Uh, thanks, Alex, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, thanks, guys. Sorry, yeah. I was a bit late. No, that's good. Um, you made up with made it made up for it with your characteristic fire at the lecture. Uh, I can't even remember what I said, but yeah, he's <laughs> in the blackout rage. Uh, ben, yeah. thank, thanks very much. Also, I know um, struggle. You had a little bit of a struggle for time, so much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Cool, and uh, Matt, um, yeah, I mean, you don't have kids, you're not expecting kids, so you're living your best life now. So I'm not going to say thanks, because you've got time for days. Okay. No, but I mean, th- thanks for <laughs> no being worries. here. Though. No, thanks for being here. No, 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 I'm joking, I'm joking. That's so Yeah, oh, Jesus, I don't know where that came yeah. from. I just remember Ben's meme in the group, so I was like, oh. It's, it's of- okay, it's okay, it's okay. I've been, I've been trying, to, the I've been trying to post more memes, like... <laughs> That's yeah. mine. 
on, on Twitter, on Twitter, I'm trying to accompany every tweet with a with a meme or a picture. Now that's my new thing. <laughs> I just okay. remembered that I put I put dinner in the oven just before we started. I should probably go check on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we will be back next week. Thank, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>